what I measure my maturity are my you know, are my controls uh, defined by policy, but they aren't yet really implemented. And if you've already implemented them, you know, can you think of better ways to measure and monitor the maturity of the program? Good day, and welcome to another HIMSCast podcast. I'm Bill Sawicki, Managing Editor of Healthcare IT News, a HIMS Media publication. Today, we'll be talking about digital security at healthcare provider organizations. And we have a very special guest. Robert Booker is Chief Strategy Officer at the Health Information Trust Alliance, or HITRUST. Following his retirement from over 30 years as a cybersecurity leader and technology professional. Prior to HITRUST, Robert spent 13 years as the Chief Information Security Officer for a Fortune 10 company dedicated to the healthcare industry. Welcome, Robert. Thanks, Bill. Good to be with you today. Well, I'm very glad to have you. Um, So let's dig into security and healthcare and uh, what High Trust is up to. Um, First, uh, what's happening on the national front with agencies like the CISA, NIST, and the OCR weighing in on security as a priority? Yeah, it's a, it's certainly an interesting time, Bill. I think um, in my in my career, you know, we've had these uh, these mountains and valleys of you know cybersecurity activity, but I think our, our partners in the federal government are very engaged right now in this problem, and they should be. It's a it's a big issue for all of us, and especially the health industry. So, uh, so there's a lot of activity from the federal government. You know, for example, we recently provided comments to a very comprehensive white paper by Senator Mark Warner. Um, just just a wide variety of opportunities and focus, um, and I think I think if we think about all these different entities working together, you know, the opportunity for us in healthcare is is very important. It's essential that we you know we focus on this cybersecurity threat. Healthcare, unfortunately, continues to be targeted, as I think we all we all know. So, um, you know, as as they're working together, we we do think this uh, evolving threat requires a great amount of uh, shared engagement. Uh, both across the public sector as well as the private sector, we we actually would say that it's the it's the partnership of all entities in the industry, along with the federal government, that will, you know, will yield the best outcomes with regard to cybersecurity. So, you know, we're we're sort of thinking of it as uh, something you know focused on more more than what's traditionally been the case in healthcare, which is HIPAA. You know, uh, HIPAA does you know, provide a lot of value, but it is a pretty narrow approach to the risk landscape. And, you know, as I think of this all of government approach, the the combination of those efforts are really going to be responsive, you know, to uh, to all of critical infrastructure. So we, we, we look forward to that. And, you know, I think I think in general, we just look forward to continued engagement and greater engagement in the next year or more. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very confident we'll see a lot coming out. Uh, you know, there's just a large backlog of activity that's underway. So I think I would say stay tuned on this. And, you know, we, and I'm sure all of us in the industry will react as needed to do the right thing to, to make sure we're on our on our best, uh, best uh, footing with regard to cybersecurity risk. So how can healthcare provider organizations meet uh, recommended practices and security expectations? Yeah, well, I think um, you know, just to kind of set context, uh, we'll all we'll all recall that it wasn't quite uh, wasn't long at all ago that um, OCR came out with guidance uh, in response to um, you know uh, leadership from Congress uh, 
the High Tech uh, Act, if you will, uh, you know, offering the opportunity for recognized security practices to be used for mitigating enforcement action uh, for uh, for um, uh, activities that OCR would would engage in in their role as the enforcer for the HIPAA security rule. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we do think of the combination of validation and reporting as really important to this, but also assurance and transparency. So I think, I think as we looked at the guidance and we look at what uh, HITRUST offers, but also thinking about how organizations that just run uh, comprehensive security programs, like some of the ones I've worked in, you know, probably approach this problem, you know, the opportunity is to really, you know, lean in on the guidance and, and look at that, um, look at that opportunity as an invitation from the government to go further than the security rule alone. Uh, and I really think the, in, the use of the word mitigation is really interesting because the guidance issued by OCR was specific to mitigating enforcement activity, mitigating audit activity, all of which are very important. We want to be incented and see people incented to do the right thing from a security perspective. But I actually think the opportunity for cybersecurity is to really just mitigate the threat. And so we're really thinking about how, uh, how you think about this as an opportunity, not just to meet the letter and exceed the letter of the expectation from OCR, but to look at this as an invitation to go further than perhaps the security rule and look at these, uh, these guidance frameworks like the uh, NIST cybersecurity framework and HICPIE as tools to help an organization mitigate uh, their cybersecurity risk. So we would say having the ability to document that their security practices are active and consistently in use is really important. Government's asking for 12 months or more. I think that's very reasonable. You know, certification and assurance programs like high trust offers uh, really provide that transparency that I think is helpful and needed for an organization that is regulated to show the government we are meeting the requirements and the expectations you've asked of us. And I would offer that it's evergreen. You know, it's not an audit activity. It's not a work one and done. It's really an ongoing and, and continuously executed program. And so when you think about the concept of assurance and transparency, proving that your recognized security practices are in effect, the fact that you can do that repeatedly and you can continually improve your program is really important. What about smaller healthcare provider organizations that may be less mature in their security controls and cyber programs and, and don't have the staffs and resources to focus on security measures like the large healthcare entities do. Yeah, you know, it's, it's actually one of the, I think one of the greatest challenges in healthcare is the fact that, you know, the industry is made up by, uh, you know, very large and complex companies uh, that are involved in either, uh, you know, paying for healthcare. Certainly our federal government is the largest payer in the industry. They, you know, with Medicaid and Medicare specifically with CMS. Uh, then you've got these large private entities, uh, the insurance providers and such. Uh, and all the way down through the regional health providers down to the smallest, uh, you know, few doctor practices. Some of, the, some of them serving rural communities, some of them serving underserved populations uh, across our country. It, it's a real challenge. And so I, and I, I, I know it's a challenge from past conversations years ago with the regulators uh, that they think a lot about. They, they, I've heard the term many times, the two doc practice. How do we have a program that works for the two doc practice? Uh, and I think we would say smaller entities don't have to go it alone. Uh, and you can lean on larger, uh, larger entities and on frameworks and uh, industry bodies like HITRUST and others to, uh, to provide the tooling and the frameworks to chart a path towards implementing, validating, and sustaining a security program. 
if I work in a market where it's really hard to get talent, you know, I need to have some some roadmap or guidelines of how to operate, and a framework uh, framework approach is really really valuable. So I think um, I think that's the first thing. Just just partner and use a framework. Use something that can give your staff and your organizations a series of guidelines and checkpoints that they can follow on this journey. Um, I think, uh, I think uh, we're launching a product actually in 23 that will help with this. It's called Cyber Essentials. And really it's just focused on the most basic essential security program practices. Um, it's not gonna be everything you would need for the HIPAA rule. Uh, organizations that are regulated know they need to do that. But it really, it can be focused on sort of checking, the, checking off the most essential things from a security perspective and allowing organizations to know they've started their journey. And what I really like about this from a strategy perspective is we've built it so that you could start with essentials and immediately graduate to the next level, which we call leading practices. And then if you have to get into a fully regulated or compliant uh, space where you have a lot of compliance expectations, you could go even further into an expanded space. So start, start small, start early, get on the journey and, uh, and move through that journey. Uh, one last challenge I think um, that organizations deal with is just the technical tooling. You know, where do I where do I get the capabilities needed to secure my systems? And I think the cloud service providers are really helping a lot in this space. Um, we see inheritance and shared responsibility uh, as an important capability. Um, we're getting great uptake where small companies are using uh, their cloud service providers, companies like Microsoft, Azure, and uh, Amazon Web Services, Google, and others, you know, to, to provide their technical uh, tooling and if they can inherit security from that technology and actually, you know, make sure they know how it's implemented, they can see how to, to measure it and how to score it and how to monitor it, uh, that can help them achieve a lot of security in a short time. So we, we really do look at that as an opportunity. So I'd say, don't go it alone, use an essentials capability, use your cloud service providers and leverage inheritance and shared responsibility. And I think those three things really will help smaller organizations get started. That's great advice. They're going to be happy to hear it. <laughs> um, so let's talk about high trust specifically. Um, how is high trust helping in this space? Uh, how are you adjusting your focus to help healthcare organizations in this space? And, and, and what tools and resources are available? Yeah. Well, you know, we, we've been around for over a decade now, and I think, um, you know, I, I think we started off in this health journey, but it's 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 so much more than healthcare now. In fact, we don't actually call it the health industry uh, trust alliance anymore. It's just high trust because we work with so many other industries, like the technology companies and, and uh, other entities supporting um, supporting healthcare and, and yet others. But um, you know, I think 22 was such a busy year, and you know, we kind of came out of the COVID uh, the COVID uh, uh, doldrums, and here we are, sort of saying what's What's the requirements here? And, and as we enter 23, we've just got a lot of initiatives that we're launching that are really focused on some of the problems I just described, you know, how do small entities work on this? How do we partner with the federal government? You know, those types of challenges. But, um, you know, I think the things I, I think about are, are just, uh, we're launching a new version of our, of our framework, the High Trust CSF. Um, that's just coming out literally the next days. Um, and that has a lot of new innovations and features that will help organizations continue their focus both those that have worked with us for you know, almost a decade or more, and even those that are just starting. And I just mentioned the essentials capability, which is part of that. So you know, we're, we're, we're gonna help people be where they are. We're gonna help them start where they are and grow from where they are. And uh, so I think that's gonna be important because you know, not everybody's ready to go through a 
you know, very large complex certification process. So we need help them where they are. So, um, you know, we also we also are real concerned about the, just the evolution of the threats. And so cybersecurity is just not a static problem. And what I needed to do two years ago to secure my systems is still required, but there's so many new things I have to do now just as threats have evolved. And I know you write about some of that and publish about a lot of that. Um, so, you know, we, we have built the version 11 framework to uh, implement a capability that we've invented called Threat Adaptive. And what Threat Adaptive does is it takes, it takes all this intelligence information that we see about, you know, how our attackers working and the indicators of compromise that they generate. And it bounces all of that against public source uh, frameworks like the MITRE ATT&CK framework and allows us to sort of uh, keep the framework evergreen. So if, you know, today we have to do these 20 things, for example, and now number 21 needs to be on the list because a new threat has emerged. By using this threat adaptive capability, we could say now we have to add this number 21 to the list and potentially in time we take off number 17 because it's no longer really a problem anymore. So that ability to keep the system evergreen and always always refreshed is, is really, really important. Um, you know, there are a lot of government things going on like, um, you know, TEFCA uh, really focused on the trusted exchange framework. Uh, we've been working uh, with a number of health information networks as they are on their TEFCA journey. Uh, the, um, uh, the recognized coordinating entity for the federal government uh, selected our, our R2 certification and insurance program uh, as the first that would be available for certification for a company seeking qualification under TEFCA. Uh, so we're very proud of that. It also is a big responsibility to make sure we can help with adoption and help companies move through that process quickly. Uh, TEFCA starts starts with a small number of health information networks and will quickly become uh, a framework that will support many participants and sub-participants. That's going to be a big, big problem with a lot of companies. So we're looking at that as that's growing and we need to stay on, stay on top of that with, uh, with the government and with their RCE. And then third-party risk, I don't want to lose that one because it's oftentimes in healthcare, not the company, it may be their suppliers that have the risk. And uh, we've been working very closely with a number of leading health companies to launch a third-party initiative called Health Third-Party Trust. Uh, that's coming online, very exciting. And what I'm really passionate about is hearing the interest and the passion by all of these regulated companies saying, you know, we, we want to help the industry get stronger and better. And so Health 3PT is just going to be really, uh, really important to that. So, you know, I'm I'm sometimes, Bill, looking at the problem and saying there's just so many places we can focus energy. And so we're trying to, you know, really move down this journey with, uh, with the industry, with the people that, that care about this problem, you know, with the government that need to help us do this right and measure that it's done right. And, uh, you know, we're excited about the opportunity. I think it's going to, you know, we'll talk again sometime, I'm sure, and we'll talk about a lot of these things as they, as they become, you know, really relevant because, it's going to take the leadership of, of all of us, uh, HIMS, uh, people like High Trust, and certainly the, the health industry participants. We've all got to be in this together to make this a success. Another question, in your mind, uh, what will be the biggest challenge for organizations trying to meet adequate security levels and expectations? Yeah. You know, how do they know where to start? For instance, how does an organization understand where they are on the scale of security maturity as appropriate to their own level of risk? Or is the larger risk something like third-party risk management since vendor breaches and third-party security are so challenging? Yeah, it's, it's actually both, I'm afraid. I think, um, 
you know, talked a little bit about where to start already. I think, um, you know, I think uh, having a framework that can give you uh, give you the um, objectivity and the visibility and transparency you need to know how am I doing? Am I good enough? You know, how how would I measure my maturity? Are my you know, are my controls uh, defined by policy, but they aren't yet really implemented. And if you've already implemented them, you know, can you think of better ways to measure and monitor the maturity of the program? So, you know, I think I think about that as just uh, being able to start down the path, as already said. So uh, just just getting uh, getting underway, uh, work within a framework, uh, have a progression, know that you're starting from a position of understanding what your inherent risks are and stepping into that. That's uh, that's really important. And I'll actually talk about inherent risk for a minute, both as regards third party and also the how to know where to start uh, parts of your question, because, um, you know, one of the challenges really is that uh, sometimes the smallest entities would seem less risky, but in a shared system, they, they're the, the door, the doorway to the attack. So, you know, those, even the lower inherent risk companies need to have something done. So having a risk management approach that, uh, Kind of can, can sit down and say, okay, what is the what is the level of inherent risk? And if your risk is relatively small, here's what level of assurance you need and how you can validate that assurance with an assurance capability. Versus, you're a very large, complex company with uh, you know thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of connections, and you know you've got all of this complexity to manage, where you probably need to do something really robust and and you know frankly quite comprehensive in terms of assurance. Uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all problem. So having the ability to look through a framework approach and say, I'm going to, I'm going to say risk level here, capabilities to measure risk management there, and outcomes measured and certified in this way versus another way is really important. I think it helps with third-party risk. You'll see that with the Health 3PT initiative, but I think it also helps with any regulated or non-regulated entity that just wants to measure their security program. One final question for you. Um, and, and you've touched on this already, but I just want to give you the opportunity for high trust um, to add in anything you might want to. Uh, what can we expect from high trust moving forward? Yeah, uh, you know, thanks. Thanks for the invitation to share that. I think, um, you know, I think uh, we believe we can uh, expect together uh, continued leadership and uh, research and innovation. Um, I would also say that's not a high trust alone situation. So we would invite others to join us on this journey. Uh, I've already mentioned several of the capabilities we're launching. I don't need to go through that again. Uh, and you'll see those coming coming on, on board here very soon, coming on the wire, if you will. Um, but, um, you know, I think, uh, I think expect, expect us to, to lean in, uh, expect us to want to work collaboratively on the problems and uh, expect us to, uh, to, you know, promote with transparency, you know, how we see the problem, how we see the, the innovation, how our research shows the problems being best met. And I would invite others to do the same. I think, I think we're better together on, on these types of things, but, um, you know, just stay tuned for our version 11 uh, framework. It's going to be really powerful. I think for people, uh, keep an eye on threat adaptive. I think that's going to really be helpful. If you're a health information network, you know, get on the Tefka journey, it's going to help. Uh, if you're a small entity, uh, start with essentials. Just get started. Uh, you know, we know we know you may not be complete. Your uh, your trading partners and companies you work with, I would like to know you're not yet complete. And let's just keep going on the journey. And uh, you know, I think I think that level of collaboration will help all of us. That's fantastic. 
Um, so that's our HIMSCast today. I'd like to thank my guest, Robert Booker, Chief Strategy Officer at High Trust. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Bill. It was so fun to talk to you, and I look forward to all the leadership coming out from HIMS. Thank you very much. And uh, HIMSCast listeners, stay tuned. Another podcast will be coming soon.